Hi, my name is Dayri Bupp, and this is a podcast, um, The Crazed College Student During COVID. So today I will be talking about having pre-existing conditions um, and being high risk for COVID as a college student. So first I'd like to just kind of explain that having health conditions and risks that make you more susceptible or vulnerable to uh, severe effects of COVID just creates a different perspective on how you're thinking and uh, and how you're thinking about um, interaction and how to really approach this pandemic. And I've noticed that there is a drastic difference between how I um, precaution things and how my peers precaution things. Um, I take precautions on a daily basis prior, I did take precautions on a daily basis prior to COVID, and obviously I have made them (laughs) much more um, after COVID, but after the pandemic started and we returned to school, um, I really realized how many people were not taking health precautions that I thought were pretty normal um, before the pandemic had started. Um, Things like washing your doorknobs and stuff like that. That's something that's always been very it's it's been instilled in me it's been you know you have these conditions and you don't want to get sick so you know you've got to keep your uh you got to make sure that you're doing things in a healthy way and making sure that you're not exposing yourself to anything that could be possibly harmful because you know your body cannot handle very much um so as somebody with these conditions you know it's pretty typical to have hospital visits. It's pretty typical to have health emergencies. Um, And the reason why that is so terrifying during this pandemic is because when, when the, when hospitals are full, um, once hospitals become to the point where they're at max capacity, they can no longer take anybody and they start spreading them to the next hospitals however it it's not first come first serve it's whoever's healthiest Um, so this comes down to if your hospital is packed and you have i'm just going to do a hypothetical and you have everybody in there the exact same age exact same um economic status exact same all of that just difference in their health the people that are high risk who have been fighting other conditions to keep their lives no longer get a ventilator because there are other patients that are healthier and more likely to make it through. So 
the people like myself are removed from the ventilator and the ventilator is given to a patient that is likely to make it through. That being said, um, the death rate for people is 0.9%. However, the death rate for people with pre-existing conditions is 9%. And yes, those are both relatively low numbers. However, when you are a part of the one that has a 9% death rate, comparison to everybody around you telling you 0.9% is the death rate, your nerves are going to be much higher comparison to those around you. Because truthfully, if my peers get it, it's not going to be a big deal. It's not going to be, it'll be something they can get over for the most part. Obviously, there will be cases that issues happen and there will be people that don't do very well with it and all of that stuff. However, I've already been informed that this will not go well. And this, is the case for everybody that has a pre-existing condition. This is the reality for everyone right now. Um, they're all being told, we can't do anything if something happens. There is a chance that we cannot do anything. And the fact that the numbers are still rising is terrifying to this group of people because they don't even have to contract COVID in order to need the hospital. So if our hospitals are packed and my heart condition starts working up and, or starts acting up and I need to be taken to the hospital, that puts me at risk right there. That, that exposes me, that is not safe for me. And, but I have to get the other part of my health controlled. So, I think that especially for people with pre-existing conditions, you just, your, your viewpoint on it is much different because you're in more of a sense of urgency. It's more effective on you. Um, I feel like in the beginning of the pandemic, a lot of people prepared for two weeks. Um, but in reality, if you look back on any other um pandemic like this the like shortest one in history is maybe eight months that people were locked away and that were dealing with the pandemic and you know all of the effects of it um so you have you know people isolating for these two weeks and everything um and then coming out and I quote negative, um, without a negative test. And so they come out after they're done with their time period and everything, um, thinking that they're negative. Well, just because you are not showing symptoms does not make you not a carrier. So just because you did the two weeks does not mean that you still don't test positive. And if you did still test, or if you 
are still positive and you leave your home without a negative test, you are still a carrier. You're still spreading COVID to everyone around you and creating that exposure. And while it might not be visible and it may not be uh, affecting you or affecting anybody directly in front of you does not mean that it's not going to affect people in your life or those around you at some point. Um, the majority of people know somebody who is high risk and if you don't it's because you don't know that their condition makes them high risk. There are so many different reasons that someone could be considered high risk uh, for COVID. And I, a lot of those conditions are invisible, are things that, you, that do not meet the eye, are not things that you can see and realize, oh yes, I, this, this person is high risk and I need to make sure that I'm careful around them and I need to make sure I'm taking precautions and um, all of that. However, I do have to make the point of, you don't know if you're taking enough precautions until you're not taking enough precautions, until you're not protected. That is when you know. That is the only time you will know if you are taking enough precautions is when you are not protected anymore. So with that being said, I wanna kind of compare my precautions to my peers. Um, for me, this, this, this pandemic has meant that I only go to things that I absolutely have to attend. And that means canceling, canceling doctor appointments. Um, that means changing classes to online. That means not seeing my grandma for almost a year. That means doing whatever I have to do in order to not interact with anybody. And so in order to do that, you know, I have stayed in my dorm room um, at university and only attended in-class um, lectures and that sort of thing. And only attending if the professor and I have made that agreement. Um, most of my peers, however, have not stopped any of their socialization. They've maybe slowed it down um, quite a bit. However, I cannot say that any of my peers have completely stopped their socialization. Um, however, I have as far as in-person socialization goes. Um, Another thing that is vastly different is the precautions that they take when they're out and about. Um, I've noticed that the that my peers don't do as much of the cleaning guidelines as what I follow. I will follow everything um, as strict as can be. Um, However, my peers normally don't tend to wipe anything down or anything like that. Matter of fact, most of my peers, um, the beginning of the um, year, were very set on 
getting COVID in order to be, and I quote, immune to it. However, they have now released that that is definitely not the case um, and that people can get it over and over again. Um, but yeah, I, it's just a very different viewpoint on how serious this can really be. And it comes down to bioethics and it comes down to the fact that I will not make it longer than somebody healthy. Um, but for somebody who has been fighting for their life for as long as I have, or for as long as my family members have, that seems really backwards to me. I have fought and fought and fought against all of these conditions. And then the one condition that I am able to avoid, I get that because of the mistakes of others and I get my ventilator removed. Not to say that anybody should be having a ventilator removed because I do not believe that that should be happening. However, because we are in a shortage, it is happening. I just find that to be the hardest part of it, to be honest. Because um, like I said, you won't know uh, if you're taking enough precautions until the precautions no longer protect you. Um, I do have to say that I do believe that I've had a lot of privilege um, amidst this pandemic as far as like economic class goes, because I do not think that certain classes have had the ability to get the resources that they need. And I can rec I recognize that I do and I am able to be here at university, and that is amazing. Um, I just, I, I really feel for the people that do not have the privileges that I have been blessed with, and I can't imagine the situations and the hardships that they've been through amidst this. Um, so I commend all of you. <laughs>